guys and welcome back to Hey guys, so it turns out that our last podcast ran a little bit longer than we preferred it to be, so we're splitting the series into two parts. Um, and yeah, this is what the second part's going to be about. It's going to be more how you can be like making a difference on like a local and national level and talking about how effective the things you can be doing are and like what you can be doing differently or what you should keep doing kind of along those lines. Um, so yeah, Mickey is still here with us. Thank you, Mickey. So the reason we did a lot of this is because I think a lot of people doubt like what methods are effective because I mean, the government is so um, massive and there's so many layers to it. And as an individual person, it's hard to feel like you're making a difference a lot of time and that your like individual action makes a difference. So we wanted to go over like different types of activism in terms of legislation. And we want to also discuss like how effective are they and how you can make them more effective. Um, and I think one of the most like talked about, you know, ways of garnering and contributing on like a local and national level is protest. Um, and I also think protests have been kind of like controversial in a way you could say because a lot of mainstream media has been framing it as like uh something that contributes to like devaluation of like you know counts you know and yeah I just want to you know talk about that yeah I mean I've been to I, I don't even know how many protests at this point um and I've spoken at a lot of them and I think that there it's a great thing to draw attention to the movement because at some point the officials just can't ignore it anymore when you have thousands of people or hundreds of people gathering and and not standing for something anymore then that makes them say hmm, maybe I should give this this topic some attention. So I definitely think it's not going to change the law directly, but it can it can get it can get the eyes on that group of people and and it can make whatever your demands are heard a lot easier. Um, also, I, I've actually been to Portland and I'm sure a lot of people have heard about what is going on there with the feds and and like the media has portrayed it as if the the whole city of Portland is completely destroyed because there's looters and rioters and this and that and I didn't go to a protest at night because I because it's pretty dangerous but I did walk around the whole city and I saw the beautiful mural, murals that people have put up of um black people who have been killed by police and I saw I saw some graffiti, like, that's that's about it as far as destruction of the city. So, I mean, like, I think people need to check their sources on where, where are they getting this information from because I've also talked to people there and, and the main people who are violent are not the protesters. It's the, the federal agents who are coming in and tear gassing people and things like that. I feel like that's also just not even like a political thing but just like media trying to make like stories out of these situations and trying to make them more interesting which is so like just awful if you think about it because that's the main source of information like that's what I've been looking at and I wouldn't know otherwise unless I talked to someone who was there like you right 
No, I completely agree. And I also feel like, to begin with, like, when the protests were um, mainstream media back in, like, I'd say July and, like, June, a lot of people who were doing the, like, you know, property destruction weren't even, like, part of the protests. Like, they were just civilians who were being opportunists, which that in itself is um, disturbing, to say the least. Um, Yes, it is. But when you actually, like, watch the protesters, um, I've been to a couple protests and, like, by no means were we destructive and, like, that was never the intent, you know, and nobody goes who I went to and, like, nobody in the protests that I attended had the mindset to destroy property. We were just, like, walking, you know, along the streets, you know, so I think that's just, like, um, honestly, like, media portrayal, frankly, like, I, I... I mean, obviously, I'm not having to attend every protest, so I wouldn't really know, but, like... But, I mean, you've had experience, and your experience counts just like just like theirs do. So, I think, yeah, I definitely think that it is completely skewed in the media, so it's important for people to kind of, like, talk to people who have been a part of it rather than just, like, making assumptions based on... Like, because the media, pretty much every, like, TV news source has bias, and it's going to try to portray it in one way or another. Yeah. So talking to someone who has been protesting is definitely one way to get more accurate information, I would say. Yeah, and this is also, like, a slightly more controversial opinion, I guess, but, like, I was watching this like news I think it's called some more news and he was talking about how like in the beginning a lot of people like he presented this case in which people like um took some like you know basic necessities like water and like food from Target and then distributed it to the protesters um and then other than that didn't really like you know destroy the Target you know so it kind of brings about like Mm -hmm. a Robin Hood kind of mindset like kind of redistributing um stuff among the you know minorities and like black populations um and also the protesters who are like you know taking time and like who don't have resources you know whilst they're protesting so I thought that was like an interesting case yeah I definitely like I understand why people would do that but I mean like to me that's not the best way of doing things because Obviously, like, you can get in trouble with the law and then, you know, the criminal justice system not going to help out that person probably. But I think that, um, like, I, I can definitely see where he's coming from. And that's why I don't criticize, like, rioters and looters because, I mean, like, I know it's it's very angering when people, when we've been going through this for literally hundreds of years and then nobody's listening. So I I get why people are trying to call attention. Like, obviously, a lot of them have nothing to do with the movement and they're just trying to get some new merch or whatever. But, (laughs) um, But there are some people who are just angry and... That's why, like, I, I don't think it's my place or anyone's place to be, like, saying, oh, well, the looting is, is so out of hand, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know? I just don't say that because I don't know what they're, or I do know what they're going through, I guess, in this time. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. I definitely don't, like, criticize them, but I still, like, 
in my mind, I'm still, like, a little confused about how I feel about it, just because, like, I wonder how, like, effective it is in some ways, because I feel like in the midst of everything, people end up criticizing them because of that, and right, it's kind of confusing how much, like, positive change, but at the same time, it's justifiable. I agree. Or understandable, at least. That's what I would say. Yeah. That's a word, yeah. But on the topic of, like, being angered, being aware of these situations now that you've been educated, I feel like a better way to, like, you know, make change and, like, or at least attempt to make change is calling and emailing your representatives. In your experience, like, this is more of, like, a personal question I had. Do you think, like, calling or emailing isn't one better than the other, um, or are they equal, you know? Um, definitely calling, I would say, is better, just because they can hear your voice, and because they don't have to read your email. They also don't have to answer you, but, like, in my experience, I've called quite a few numbers, like, for George Floyd, for, you know, just different, different cases, and I have not gotten a single person on the phone, because, when you have, like, a million people trying to call you, I guess you just don't answer your phone anymore. But um, e- emailing, I guess you can do you can do that, too, especially because there's a lot of email templates out there and it doesn't take that long. But I think if you can get someone on the phone, then calling is probably more effective. Yeah, we, we kind of, like, threw in a few tips for both of them. For emailing, we said it is like effective because you are getting your opinion out there but at the same time a lot of places I've heard have filters for like spam emails so if there's like an email template that's being repeatedly sent it can automatically go to spam and then they won't get it so for emailing we said just change a few words from the template or if you can make your own short email that would be great like just if it's like two sentences like I want this officer um like brought to like crime or whatever so just like those two sentences are better than having like no email reach them. And then for calling, we said it was more effective than emailing just because they can hear your voice and your concern. And um, we just had some like tips for calling because I know calling for a lot of people is very scary and it is talking to somebody and I know people um, don't like that necessarily. So we said, first of all, you should know your extension because a lot of times when I've called, I have to go through like a lot of layers to actually reach somebody. And then just have like a short script ahead of time outlining what you want to convey. So when I've called, they've usually just told me that they're just trying to like address the situation or take my like concern into um, like take my concern into consideration. And then they sometimes have asked me for like my name or my town or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually just for data collection purposes, I think, like knowing where people have called who's concerned. But if you don't feel comfortable, there's no need to share the information. And then we also said that like calling and emailing is usually more effective for local government, especially. So just if your town, you want change or something like they obviously they aren't really getting a lot of people who are involved in local government. Most people don't even know like the mayor or city council or anything like that. So just having, like, a few of your friends call or email, that can make a huge difference. Definitely. And even, you just reminded me, like, I think even with protests, like, 
going to the march on Washington that just happened, like that, obviously you're showing strength in numbers. But if you if like for my advice or anyone who's trying to organize a protest is to have a like have a goal in mind. And and if you do it locally, like then you might have better luck with the impact like you know if you're doing it for your town like you know my town recently just had a protest to ban chokeholds in our town so that way like we're we're telling our town directly to do something and that way like the attention is all on that government rather than saying oh well we can't deal you know like this is too big of an issue for us to deal with yeah I was going to say, like, for emails, what, like, I personally haven't called anybody because, like, I I get anxiety, like, when I'm when I'm on the phone, so I don't do that. But um, for emails, I'll look at the template, but I'll never, like, use it completely. I'll, like, see, I'll be really specific in my email as to, like, what action I want the local government to take, you know, and... Right. But hopefully they're reading my emails, you know, <laughs> but, like, um, like, for instance, instead of being, like drop all the charges be like specific with all the charges kind of be like be like drop the the four like you know what's it called like misdemeanor offenses and also drop like these like three felony charges like for a total of these seven charges like be really specific yeah don't give them any loopholes (laughs) yeah exactly um and I think like that's a good like way to go about it because I read like once again, I'm not sure how factual this was because I didn't get a chance to fact check it, but there was like um, an official, like a local government representative on Instagram, and she was talking about how even if there's like five to ten emails, you know, sent into local representatives, like they're required to bring it up in their town halls um, when they're talking amongst like the councils. Once again, not really sure how factual that is for like overall government, but for her town specifically, that was the case. So I think that's important to note. Um, and then another thing that a lot of, you know, people have started doing is like making and signing petitions. Um, and once again, you know, there's a lot of people who question the effectiveness of petitions and like how much they're actually helping, you know? Yeah, and I think this is like especially controversial because it takes like, now that most petitions are online, it takes like, what, two seconds to sign something and all your information is saved on like change.org, so. Yeah, I think, I mean, I do sign petitions because it's so easy to do. Like, so I say what, you know, it can't hurt, right? But I think that there are more effective ways. But like, yeah, I'd, I'd, like I said, it, it can't really hurt. I'm not sure how much they are, they're doing just because there's so many petitions. But I think like, like sharing a GoFundMe is probably a little bit, it might have more of an impact. But with the, the federal petitions, those can definitely have a big impact. So I think if if you use like a change.org petition to to gauge how much support and then you use an official White House petition, then that could definitely be a way to go. Actually, this does relate to what you were saying before, because we said like petitions could be effective, but like there are petitions out there on change.org that are like end world hunger and there's like millions of people signing it. And that's not going to end world hunger. But, like, what you were saying, like, have a specific, tangible goal, 
numbers and their accurate statistics and specific steps that the government can take. And being like very specific, targeting a small issue is going to make a difference because that's something they can look at and they're like, oh, we can actually do that. People want that. Yeah. Um, so same as like calling or emailing. Right. It can't be such an overarching objective or else it's just not. They're just going to say that's that's unreasonable, I guess. But also like Priya and I were reading up on like White House petitions and there's been a lot of articles that have said that like specifically the Trump administration hasn't really been looking at a lot of the petitions so we've been having a lot of trouble finding recent articles like all the articles we were literally trying to so hard but all the articles we found were from like 2018 and backwards but in 2018 we saw a bunch of articles saying that they revamped the website and they were going to start answering petitions I'm not sure if they have or not but the whole idea with White House petitions is if you get 100,000 signatures in 30 days, then you'll get an official response from the website. And I remember something about it, like the average waiting time for the response is like 170 days or something like that. Wow. And then also just a note, if you're signing the White House petition, they'll email you to confirm your signature and it won't be, it won't count your signature unless you respond to the email. Hmm. That sounds a little rigged to me because most people don't check their emails for stuff like that wish our government was better um, yeah <laughs> also on the topic of like specific websites this is something that's like been promoted on a lot of social media is just the fact that like when you do donate to change.org it's not going to the people who have started the petition or like the families that the petitions are about um Change.org uses the money to either promote the petition that you're, like, donating for, like, on social media, or they use it for operational costs. So, yeah, like, it's important to distinguish the two, you know, like, when you're donating. Yeah, it's definitely, I I don't, I think that's a little, like, fishy that they do that. I've definitely, I've read about it. So I would definitely encourage people to, um, donate to like a GoFundMe or to a real organization rather than donate to um, change.org for a petition because your money will go further elsewhere, in my opinion. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, like, it kind of matters what you want to accomplish, I guess. Like They are, like, explicit with their goals, I think, which is the main thing. Like, they do, like, before you donate, they're like, this is what it's used for, so... That's true. So, I mean, I guess it's not it's not a bad thing if they're they're not hiding where the money is going. So I definitely give them credit for that because a lot of other places do try to hide it. That's a good segue into our donating section, which is our third section for like um, local and national. So um, we thought donating was like very effective because you're putting your dollar to your morals, basically. And then some organizations are going to take a good amount of like cut from the donations just for running purposes. But I think it's especially good for like smaller nonprofits, like local organizations in your town, maybe they'll probably use most of the money. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think finding a very, a nonprofit that like fits a niche and, and you like whatever they're doing, then they probably will use that money rather than like, um, a huge organization that do, is not like very clear as to what they use their money for 
you know, I would always say go go the route that you know what your money is going to be used for. And also important, we want to make the distinction between nonprofit and not-for-profit. So nonprofit inherently is supposed to benefit, is for the benefit of a public good, and they will pay their employees. And then not-for-profit is supposed to fulfill the organizational objectives, so whatever you see on the website. And then not-for-profit is going to be only volunteers. They can't pay their employees, and they don't have the goal of making profit. They only have the goal of like using the money towards whatever they're trying to do. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. I learned something. <laughs> yeah, I learned that, like, earlier this year, and I was, like, my mind was blown. <laughs> I just started a, a non-profit um, just a few months ago called Lift Her Voice Foundation, and that is, but it's, like, most, it's it's basically mostly focused on, focused on um, women's rights, but, yeah, it's definitely the whole process of, of getting the non-profit um, approval and everything is an interesting one for sure that's super interesting is there any way we can like do you have like a website or anything also that we could link or something um well we're still building our website but we do have an instagram page and it's and it's lift her voice voice foundation and we are going to be posting we're starting up posting very soon and we'll be educating on some things with black lives matter um and as it pertains to women that's really cool yeah. Well, t- we're going to link it. That's super cool. I'm going to follow and check check it out. Awesome. <laughs> looks super cool. Oh, and then also in the Google document that we've been talking about, we're going to add this YouTube playlist that if you don't have, like, money to actually donate, then there's a YouTube playlist where you can just put it on, and the videos have a bunch of ads on them, and then all the money going towards that will go towards, like, bail funds or something like that. I do know that YouTube has a policy where they don't allow you to like com- sort of tell people to like watch your videos or like in this kind of format, like people are like, oh, listen to it on repeat so we can make more money. Like they have some policy against that. I heard they've been like compensating the organizations who have done this and they've donated themselves like for the replacement money. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did hear something about that. I wasn't sure what was going on. A couple of them have been taken down on the playlist specifically because they were, like, not in accordance with, like, YouTube policy. But um, there's definitely been a lot of creators, too, who have, like, not explicitly, like, in the title or thumbnail said, like, you know, the funds are going to Black Lives Matter bail or, like, bail funds. Um, but they still do donate their, like, AdSense revenue uh, to, you know, community bail funds and Black Lives Matter, so... I will try to find those also, and we can link them down below, because those are just, like, regular videos, and then they just donate the AdSense towards it. So, I honestly, I think that's, like, a really, like, smart way of getting people to donate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like you were saying before, donating with, the, like, your time, not your, like, dollars, you know? But it's still, like, as valuable in this case, because you're kind of, like converting your time to dollars yeah exactly (laughs) and then also like it's not even your time you can just put it on in the background you don't even yeah you don't have to pay attention to it so yeah the last thing we wanted to talk about is just like voting in representatives with your morals and with like the goals that you want to see set forth like in your local and national government so yeah 
<laughs> yeah. Truly the most effective way of getting your voice heard. Definitely. You're in in a democracy voting is not only just our I guess our duty as citizens, but that's how your that's how that is your voice. So if you can vote, then then vote, definitely. And then we wanted to emphasize that like state and local legislations are super important. Don't just vote every four years. Try to get involved in those. Understand who your local representatives is because in a way like the changes that you make in your town can like almost snowball up to like regional and national impacts if we're all making those changes in our town. So you can start from there and try to get involved in that. Yeah, and not only that, but those those officials in your state and local um, legislations, they definitely more directly impact you than the president does. Oh, yeah. That was basically all we had. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of information so, yeah. and everything. So hopefully you've made it through. Thank you for listening, everybody. And also, final time, like, thank you so much, Mickey. I, like, really cannot emphasize, like, how grateful I am that you're here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Do you have any, like, closing thoughts or... Anything you want to say to the world? Sure. Um, I guess I'll just say it's never too late to start educating yourself learning and and being an activist you don't have to do crazy um crazy things just just start somewhere i guess great message (laughs) okay so thanks for listening everybody um and this is gonna conclude our black lives matter series so we're gonna have like a chill episode placed in between and then we're gonna jump into our next political series so stay tuned for that thank you bye Bye. Bye, everybody.